Hey guys, brand new podcast. Uh, I notice a lot of people say "Hey guys" these days, and I just want everyone to just get behind me. I created "Hey guys," like I've been saying "Hey guys" for as long as I've been doing my podcast. Hey guys, brand new pod. Hey guys, and I notice like all on Instagram is "Hey guys, hey guys." Hey, do you know Twitter has a new? Um, do I have anything to promote? My show, The Cabin, is streaming right now on Netflix. Check it out, enjoy it, share it with a friend, watch it over Thanksgiving. Uh, we should go, oh, we should go viral over Thanksgiving. I need to do a big Thanksgiving Day campaign. Campaign. That's a great idea. Bert, I just, I just told myself I had a great idea. Hey, it's my loving wife who has finished our podcast studio. Well, no, just the construction. The po- construction. Look how short I look. This looks ridiculous. <laughs> I look like I look like a munchkin. A mini me. A munchkin. Man, a munchkin land. I, I want to see what my already tiny as it is. My dick look must look big in this comparison. Is that better? No. <laughs> That's ridiculous. You look tiny. You need to back up. Okay. 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 Now that you're. Better? Now you. Now here. If I go back here, <laughs> then we're the same. Now I, go, no. now I go back. Now you go up. I got a new chair last night, and I put it together, and my feet don't touch the ground. It's a big and tall chair. It's a Halston chair. Halston, you're gonna love this chair. Mm-hmm. You're gonna be like, oh, huh, huh, huh. how do I get myself one of those? How do I get myself one of those? Like this? No, it's like this. Oh, this. Skipper fingers. Skipper mm-hmm. fingers. Um, so we were at the we were at the man cable at new the new podcast studio. It looks fucking great. We're so excited, so excited. Uh, not sure how we're going to do the whole COVID thing because we are going back into purple right now. My shows are still on for San Diego uh, or wherever it's. I don't know Escondido. Escondido. Mm-hmm. So uh, I know we're in purple, but right now we're still a go. So uh, I'm excited. But you're still green. I'm still. Gr- we may be purple, but I'm still green. Ah. Man, if you want more of those Leantics, ah. check out wifeotp.com uh, wife of the party is my wife's podcast um uh you know you should have on your podcast is tamara day oh that's a great idea She's awesome we were obsessed with this new new show bargain mansions and uh the host is has it's like sometimes you know what i love about home improvement shows is when you find people that really do it for a living yeah she you know really does it for real. like sometimes they cast people which is cool you know and they're good actors, so they do the job. But like, when you like, she made this bathroom last night. Hey, where are you thinking about putting those blue tiles anyway? In our shower. Oh, these yeah. blue tiles in the shower that she did are so awesome. Um, and it was it just was a coolest shower. It had a tub and then a wall, and then there was an open shower. Well, it was, it was a pony wall. The okay, I'm not into construction. Yeah, it okay, wasn't a full wall. I'm crushing your head, 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 crushing your head. Anyway, today's podcast is brought to you by Benabone. My dogs fucking love Benabone. We opened it on Instagram stories and my dogs went nuts. I've never seen either of my dogs go so quickly to a bone. I was like, what I literally, I've never, and now they fight. They fight over the one Benabone. They're obsessed with one Benabone, which is great because in the past, the things these dogs have chewed, and that's what's great about these chew toys, is it's good for their teeth, it's good for their brains to not have them, to have them focus on other stuff. And it's, it is good for their teeth. More importantly, it is so good for them not to chew on the stuff around the house. Izzy has a thing with shoes. She also has a thing with hats. She'll take a hat. I swear to God, almost all of my hats, you can see dog slobber on. Because she'll grab a hat and walk around with it in her mouth. Now she grabs these Benabones. These Benabones, I swear to God, my dogs are obsessed with them. They've got great flavors like the porky goodness of real bacon, plus chicken, 
or peanuts, Ben & Bones engaging long-lasting chew toys come with a unique design that makes it easy to get a good chomp going. Ben & Bone is a small family-owned business that takes pride in doing right by dogs and the people that own those dogs. Unlike corporation, corporations in this industry, everything is designed and sourced and made in the USA. And with their happy happiness guarantee, you can reach out for help and connect with a real person quick. I'm being serious. If you've got a big dog, even a little dog, any dog, my dogs fell in. I'm not joking at all. I'm not overselling this at all. They fell in love with these. This is a present to get your dog. I'm telling you right now. Um, check out Benabone at Chewy.com. That's C-H-E-W-Y.com. And use the promo code BERT for 30% off your first order. That is Benabone, B-E-N-E-B-O-N-E at Chewy.com with the promo code BERT to get 30% off your first order. Today's podcast is with Adam Devine. Now, you know Adam Devine from Workaholics, from Pitch Perfect, from, uh, I mean, the, the, the mighty gems. Uh, the righteous the, gemstones. The righteous gemstones. The, I was going to say, you know, I wonder if that's what I was calling Adam Sandler's movie. Um, Precious gemstones. The righteous gemstones. He's, he's, uh, he's a fantastic actor. He's been in a, and creator. I mean, the, the projects he's created himself are amazing. I will stand by this. Workaholics is going to go down in history as one of the fucking greatest work show comedies. It, it's just, it's like Cheech and Chong. I say that to him. We talk a lot. I've known Adam for a while. Oh, he wait, was, this is... Did you say that? I saw that. I saw that. I just. I feel like I was in quicksand. <laughs> What's going on? Oh, I'm sinking. I would love to see you in quicksand. Sorry. There's so much dirt on this fucking. Dirt. <laughs> Austin, could you see me sinking? Oh, yeah. I mean, I've been sinking in that chair every time. You don't know how many podcasts have happened where I just started sinking and then I can't bring myself up because it'd be too distracting. Oh <laughs> I just stay down there. We're gonna love this share, Halston. Um, hey, do me a favor, clip me out that out of Leanne sinking and just send it to me. Uh, this uh, this podcast is great. Uh, Adam Devine. Adam is from uh, Pitch Perfect. All three Pitch Perfects. He's been he's had an amazing acting career. But I think he, he, we talk about this a titch. What's the matter? He's still laughing about the sinking thing. <laughs> It, is, it was very funny to watch you slowly. I wish you had just gone out of scene. <laughs> I didn't really know what was happening. So I was going, I'm sick. Like I couldn't just stand up. I could have just stood up. <laughs> maybe, maybe you're rubbing off on me. Maybe that victim mentality is really good. <laughs> hey, we're not in therapy right now. Okay. <laughs> oh, Adam Devine is also a stand-up comedian. He's from Omaha. We talk, God damn it, let's just get the fucking podcast started. You know who Adam Devine is. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, today's Birdcast, Adam Devine. This is Birdcast. <laughs> What's up, dude? 
What's up, man? How's it going? Good I've never you. heard of Kyle Newichek. What about it, Kyle? Yeah. I, I, I just I just saw you. I was just looking at your podcast and I saw Kyle and I've heard Kyle's name a million times. Mm-hmm. But I didn't I don't think I've ever put a name to a face. Yeah, that's what he looks like. He's uh you know, he looks like a garbage person, but he's actually a great guy. <laughs> you know? He looks like a human trash heap, but he's actually really cool. So wait, tell me, let's start. What's uh dude, I, I it's so good. You're like a good luck charm in my life. Every time I've seen you, good things happen to me. <laughs> I, you know, I was, I was just looking through, uh, uh, old photos. I, I tend to do that. It was my birthday last week. It was your birthday too, right? Or yeah, we close to, yeah, I'm the seventh. And, uh, I was like looking through old photos and I found that photo when me and you drunkenly just stumbled into each other on bourbon street. <laughs> Remember <laughs> that? Like 10, that was like eight years ago or something. Uh, yeah. And so, uh, I, I remember thinking what a what an awesome night that one was. That was, that was, that is everything that's wrong with me and everything that's right with me in one story. Yeah. I think I've, I feel the exact same way about that. I'm like, just me drunkenly on bourbon street. And I'm like, yeah, that makes, that makes sense. I was, uh, well, I was with trip flip. I was with the trip flip group, the travel channel group. And one of my buddies I grew up with and I saw you guys walking down the street and I knew you. But I didn't know you to know you like I didn't know you to be like I didn't be like, hey, Adam, but I saw you guys walking and I was like, I was like, I know that if I say hi, he'll say hi. Like and but and I was so drunk and all I, I think I said was, I'm Bert Kreiser. <laughs> <laughs> I was on a balcony and you go, the machine, and you yeah. came up and we came up and had gone hung out. <laughs> yeah, you are. Yeah, because I I knew you. Uh, I don't know even if you remember this because it was so long ago, but I was the door guy at the improv in yeah. 04 to 06. So I like knew you as a, just a comedian who was, you also kind of take um, tabs when you're a door guy at a comedy club on like who you think is kind of a piece of shit or who's just nice, <laughs> who's just nice oh, to right. be nice. And then who you actually think podcast. is like, yeah, <laughs> because it's just like, I go deep and call out everyone that's ever been rude to me. Oh, let me tell you something. I, when I worked the door at the Boston comedy club and I'll tell you who's a dick. I mean, I, I remember <laughs> fucking assholes, assholes. We were like, I hope that guy doesn't succeed. And then, and you know, it's like for the most part, they don't, they they'll have like guys that are total pricks that maybe are pretty funny. They'll have a couple good years, but then people don't really want to hang out or support a guy that you is a piece of shit. So yeah. for the most part, there's a few exceptions, but <laughs> for the most part, they go away. You know what I mean? They have like two or three good years and then they sort of uh, fizz, hot fizz. What's that? What's that like? What's that? I, you know, I, I remember waxing poetically about you to whoever I was with, we were in, we were in, um, Spokane, maybe it's when, oh, I ran yeah. into, when I ran into you and I said, I ended up talking to you about it. I will never get to have your experience in Hollywood and you'll never get to have mine, but they're, they're equally important. And, and I, and I, I remember, I remember kept saying like, you were like congratulating me. And you were like, dude, you're selling out clubs. That's really fucking huge. And I mean, you just played the theater. And I was like, I was like, thank you. And I go and I just kept saying, you'll never know how much that means to me that thank that, but that you're saying that because, because and it was interesting. Cause I was like, cause I was like, I'd had some success younger and then kind of like fucking kind of just 
did travel channel shit and done just not really blown up or anything. Mm -hmm. And then when I started selling tickets to have people that I respected congratulating me was great. And I remember saying to you, you'll never get that. You'll like, but you get your experience in Hollywood is so uniquely, um, so unique because you were the door guy and then created the workaholics and then, and then blew the fuck up. And all of a sudden, leapfrogged all those dicks that were guys at the front door that were like. <laughs> yeah, that was a good feeling, admittedly. <laughs> when I'd see them again and everyone that was definitely assholes to me or suddenly like, bro, what's up? Good to see you. You actually know I'm coming in Thursday to audition for stoner number three. Uh, and I'm, I'm like, oh, are you? Okay, see you then. I'll, I'll make sure to look at the tape. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean, honestly, I thought. Cause I, I, a lot like people don't, until I came out with my Netflix special, a lot of people didn't even know I did stand up. You know what yeah. I mean? Like when I would, uh, when I'd go on tour, I would sell tickets cause people were like, Oh, we like that guy. And then people are like, well, what are you going to do? And I'm like, stand up comedy. What do you mean? And they're like, Oh, well, I just thought you were going to get a, like chug beers for an hour. And I'm like, well, I'm, I might do some of that, but, uh, <laughs> But yeah, so I, I like I really looked up to guys uh, like you, like guys that I thought were really funny, that were grinding, that were doing, you know, uh, you know, you know, back in the day, if I was like if I just could get to a point that uh, I could headline the improvs and sell them out and like yeah. make a bonus and uh, like have a and then, you know, you, then you can raise a, a nice family and, and have, you know, not be poor. I'm like, that's all I wanted was not to be poor and like to go out to restaurants and not be like, ooh, uh, just the side salad, you know, <laughs> like, yeah, like be able to like order a whiskey and a steak and not have to like sweat it. And that's uh, that was kind of the goal. And so when all the workaholic stuff sort of happened uh, and to, to sort of got to where I've gotten, it was it was definitely a surprise, a welcome surprise. It was like that was the the dream. But. You know, I would have, I was, I was looking at that guys like you that were grinding in like the improv stuff. And I was like, I just, I would love to do that. Oh, it's, I, it's funny. It's, it's all our goals. And I think that it's, it's in, it's interesting to me to be able to have that, have that been my thing. And then to go on to the other side for as long as you get to go there and sell some theaters and have bigger things happen. It's really fascinating because, and I kept, I, I always call it survivor's remorse because I'll always ultimately be that guy, I want to say, I want to say their names, like my friends who are just headlining, who are funny as fuck, hard to follow, but for whatever reason, they haven't gotten that, that thing of luck that you said it. I heard you say it on an interview one time. I don't, maybe I did. I have so many things that I feel, I feel like I've heard of you say on interviews or you've said to me that I can't mm. remember which is which <laughs> for sure. Yeah. But, but you said, um, you, you acknowledge the, the weird luckiness of things in this business, which is what I, I'm, I'm like obsessed with because I go, you can work as hard as you want. We all know those guys who bust their ass working hard as shit, but just haven't gotten an opportunity. Like for whatever reason, they didn't link up with the right people at the right time. And I mean, fucking, I know I've said this too many times. Workaholics was such an amazing show. Thanks, man. It yeah. We, so we were fucking good. And, and, to, and to that point that, that, that you just said, uh, it was super lucky that we were making videos at that time and putting it out and kind of got in front of Comedy Central and the way that we did. And lucky that I was doing stand up 
so we were kind of on the comedy and I got live at Gotham or whatever. And it's, 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 it's such a crazy thing. You're doing stand up. Durs is a writer's assistant. That's right. Kyle, yeah. Kyle's gone to film school, correct? Yep. And it's like, it's, it's a convergence of, of very like-minded sense of, of humor, but with all very different skill sets that creates, you know, you know, you probably wouldn't say this, but I will say this. Uh, that's a stamp of a generation that that is that's like Cheech and Chong. That is a that is yeah. a cool, that, that show has that show has is going to be talked about in history books. It was that fucking good. I love that show. Well, thanks, man. Uh, dude, it is so weird now because it, we came out in 2011. You know what I mean? Like, that's a long time ago now. Yeah. Like, that's a kind of a, 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 a long fucking time. And so I'm getting like men. Like guys that I'm like, yeah, you're an adult man with a beard who could kick my ass. You've trained. You're like in the UFC. You're like guys like that. And you're like, and they're like, dude, I've been watching you since middle school. And I'm like, what? <laughs> you know, because I'm still, I still feel like I'm new to this shit. And then when you go to the clubs and you see those like 22 year old comics that are just starting to figure it out. And, uh, and you're like, oh, I bet you're going to be fucking great in like two, three years, you know? Yeah. But you remember when you were just starting, when someone would say, oh, dude, you're going to be fucking killer in two or three years. You were like, motherfucker, <laughs> two or three years. That's a lifetime. I will be dead by then. You will find my bloated body in a ditch. In someone, two told three me, years. Someone, told me, someone told me 20 years. And I was like, 20 years? <laughs> 20 years? I'm going to fucking still be doing this in 20 years? I better be good in two to get to 20. <laughs> That is so funny. Yeah. You're going to cross when you're 60, Bert. You're going to annihilate. I mean, the the length of, I was so hungry for success when I was younger. And I, and, you know, hardcore secret time, Workaholics was the first project that a comic did that I allowed myself to like and be a fan of and not be in competition with. It was, it was something that I, What's up? You know, I think uh, because uh, Tom kind of said the same thing to me as well when the when the show first came out. And there's been a handful of comics that are a little bit older than me, and I think it's because we d- we didn't know each other that well. You know what I mean? Yeah, it wasn't yeah. like I, I'm I'm not like a true peer of yours. Like we didn't come up at the exact. I'm like a class younger. You know how like yeah comedians kind of come up in graduating classes. I oh yeah, like- maybe I wonder if that's why. I wonder because I like I like Tosh point oh, and Tosh point oh, you Tosh Point was on with you guys, and I, that was my those were my two shows. And mm-hmm. I love Daniel. I think Daniel's the best. But he's so funny. Yeah. But um, but yeah, man, fucking workaholics. I it's like uh, I had an English teacher, Bob Weiner, who's who used to say, if I listen to REM, I remember dr- graduating college and driving through the country. I said, every time I listen to REM, dude, I mean, all I all I gotta do is see Blake, someone with Blake's hair, and I think of us buying this house and me in that back bedroom and being off the road and going to my DVR and seeing all the ones I can watch and watching them in a row in a no shit. Row. Yeah. That's yeah. so cool, man. It's, is, it, was, it was such yeah. a great, I mean, it was such an amazing show. I know. And I mean, to be perfect, I miss it. I miss uh, there. There was something so fun about having, I mean, having your own show and knowing that people are going to watch it. It's not like you, you know, you do a show or, and you're like, it's a rolling the dice, you know, you're like, well, people may or may not like it. But once workaholics got up and running, it was like, oh, I know that 
a few million people are going to watch every week and, yeah. and they are going to be excited about it. And that was so fun. And to like go and have like your, you know, cause it's a TV show. So you got like a hundred, 200 people working for you. And yeah. so it's like cool to like go. And it was like, it was like being in high school or something where it's just all of your friends and it's just like a big goddamn party. Was, uh, was, was it a hit right out the gates? No, it grew every week. That was what was cool. It's like it started off with a, a hundred thousand or whatever. I'm I'm making up numbers, but yeah, 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 yeah. and then it grew exponentially every week. And then they put season one on Netflix, and then that blew up. And then by the time we came out with season two, season two, it, it was like two and a half million people watching the first episode of season two, and then it grew to like three million a week. And for Comedy Central, that was like, it might as well have been like 50 million. They were like, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and so, um, yeah, it was just, it was truly was, but we, none of us expected it. We hoped that people would like it, but it, it, I think it was like the right, kind of the right place, like right time, like we were saying about just sort of like being lucky and, and striking when the, when the iron's hot. And also we did work really hard at it. You know what but I mean? Like, one, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Those fucking scripts were. I mean, the the show was so well written. I mean, yeah, I hate dude. I hate to say this. I hate to say this because I know that this is a hot button issue. But the fucking Delia episode was so hilarious. It uh, was so it was so hilarious. I know that we're not allowed to like. Can't, it's like say his name anymore. I, but but that fucking episode. Where, you know, I'm sure. I'm sure. Even Chris is like, "Hey, man, just don't bring up that episode. That was a <laughs> yeah, that was an anger." But <laughs> yeah. that fucking episode was the fuck. I mean, I was crying. I was crying, laughing in my bed. Well, for people that don't know what that uh, episode is, it was uh, we were gonna to catch a predator, or someone, and uh, we're like, we're gonna get this scum off the streets, and then he shows up to our house thinking he's gonna f- fuck a little kid. Uh, and he's just the coolest guy in the world. And we end up being best, like good friends with him because he's so goddamn cool. And I remember pitching that. I, I, I forget who pitched it, but I remember we were tossing that idea around in the room and we were like crying, laughing how funny it would be to, to like befriend a predator. When he shows up with weed and video games and you guys are like, well, hold on. Is that the new, whatchamacallit? I, I'm just, I was, that was yeah. such a brilliant episode. Oh, it's like a gravity bong. It's like, is that the Gravitron 3000 or whatever? (laughs) (laughs) Stupid. Uh, I'm curious. I'm curious about a lot of things, but I'm I'm curious. What was it like having the character, your character in Workaholics kind of get in front of you? Meaning like, like everyone saw that character and was like, that's him. He smokes pot all day. He drinks tequila. He's a fucking wasteoid when you're not. You're. I remember you telling me one time you were. Uh, you. I remember you telling me that distinctly because you told me you got hit by a cement truck and I couldn't stop laughing. I thought you were joking. <laughs> and it's it's such a hilarious truck such to a, get hit by. Yeah, such it's, a funny truck to. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I was yeah, hit yeah, by yeah. a clown car. Is basically what I'm saying. And and you were like, yeah, and, I'm, and I think that's when I decided I was you know going to get into acting or that my life changed or whatever you were yeah. saying because that thing. And I was like, oh, this is a very thoughtful. This is not the character you play on Workaholics is a character. It's not you. Well, the thing is, is it's it's 20 percent me. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I am 
I do. I am a, a party maniac and I do like yeah. to have fun and I do can drink like 24 beers in a, in a sitting, you know, like yeah. I am a maniac, but then also you can't get successful if you're like that 100% of the time. And I know you deal with it too, because yeah. you're known as like being the party animal, but like you can't create hours of stand-up comedy if you're not being thoughtful about the process and, 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 and going through the steps that you have to go through. If you're just partying the whole time, then you're just a drunk. You know what I mean? You're just, you're not doing anything else. No one ever rewards us for that. Like yeah. everyone, everyone always goes like, uh, like says, you know, what about your lifestyle? And I'm like, hold on, man, I'm working. You're not, you're yeah. missing the fact that I'm fucking working. I've got yeah. four fucking specials on Netflix that like, clearly I've got my shit together somewhat. Yeah. And also I'm like, if you can't, <laughs> if you can't party and uh, what well, party is what they, but if you can't celebrate the good times, yeah. And the way I like to celebrate is to get drunk and smoke weed with my friends and other people like to do, I don't know, more boring shit than that. But yeah. that's what I like to do. And if you can't celebrate the, the milestones in your life, then what do you, then, then what's the point? What, why, you know, you're just successful for success sake and you're, you know, you're just a megalomaniac. It's like, I like to, you know, get success and then uh, celebrate that yeah. success. Uh, my life is defined by treats. <laughs> yeah, get, exactly. Yes. We both, uh, at the end of the day. we both uh, subscribe to the same uh, theory, the treat theory, as I like to call it. <laughs> <laughs> so when, when, when you were doing more college was, um, was when what, what, pair it with your movie success. Cause like, so like season one of workaholics had you, had you already shot pitch perfect? No, that actually, I auditioned for Pitch Perfect, uh, and I say it in my special, but it, it is a true story. I auditioned for Pitch Perfect season one of Workaholics on my lunch break of an episode where they're like, the producers like you for this. Can you go in? And I'm like, I don't have time. I'm working on Workaholics right now. Like, this is my show. I don't have time to go do this. And they're like, just do it. And so we figured it out that I could have a couple hours to drive my ass to Santa Monica, audition for this, and get back to be in the final scene of the day. And so I'm whole ass there. And I think it's, it's pitch perfect. I'm bad at reading emails. I'm good at memorizing. So I knew that I could just look at the sides and have it by the time they called my name to go in. And so I didn't look at it until I get there. And I think it pitch perfect. I think it's a baseball movie. So when I go in and I see all these like handsome ass dudes, like singing, I'm like, good luck with the singing, you pussy. This is a baseball. <laughs> I'm out there stretching and shit, like <laughs> thinking I'm going to be like a wisecracking catcher. And uh, no joke that when I did the scene, realized it's not a baseball movie. And they were like, what song did you prepare? And I'm like, oh, I didn't prepare a song. Uh, take it or leave it, you know? And they're like, leave it, get the fuck out of here. And then I go, uh, they, they were like, what song, just any song, just something that you know, it could be from your childhood, something you know a lot of the words to. We just need to know you could carry a tune. And the only thought song I could think of was, Whatever happened to predictability, the man, the paper boy, the evening TV. And I got the fucking part, man. Don't know how it happened, but I, I booked it and I shot that. I left the season one uh, or season two. Yeah, no, the season one was airing. Sorry, it was season two. And then I left the season two rap party uh, to go shoot Pitch Perfect in Louisiana. And was that your first big movie? Yeah. That yeah movie, that was, I saw the treble feature. Uh, oh, that yeah? Was, 
That's where they played Pitch Perfect 1, Pitch Perfect 2, and Pitch Perfect 3 in the same movie theater with my daughters and all their friends. That was my day. Oh, wow. Treat yeah. yourself. I, uh-huh. By the way, I fucking love that movie. I swear to God, those movies were so good it, I, that I was, and I, I mean, I know that I'm, it's not, I'm not the demographic, but yeah. God damn it, man. Anna Kendrick. Yeah, she's great. Fucking amazing. I mean, amazing. Yeah, those, for whatever reason, those movies connected in a real way. And thank God I did it. I was like a little bit on the fence because Workaholics was already a, 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 at least a culty hit, you know, yeah. cool. With and, with the, the people, and with the right crowd. And with the people that I wanted it to be cool with. And uh, and so I remember I, when they gave me the offer, I gave it to the guys. I gave it to specifically Durs and Blake and was like, Yo, would you guys mind taking a look at this? I don't know. Uh, you know, I'm kind of on the fence about it. I definitely thought it was a funny script, but I wasn't sure, you know? Yeah. And Durs read it and was like, yo, I think that you're going to be really funny. Even if the movie ends up not being that funny, you being a sort of egomaniac collegiate singer is will be inherently funny. And I'm like, yeah, okay, good. I, th- I th- kind of think so too. And then Blake was like, yeah, 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 me too. And then we were working late that night in our office working on the show. And I remember he comes into my office and goes, hey, uh, can I talk to you? <laughs> and I'm like, sure. And he's like, don't do the movie. <laughs> he's like, you're going to ruin everything if you do this movie. <laughs> he's like, he's like, we have a good thing going here. You're going to be a, a song and dance man in a teenager comedy. Like this is... <laughs> This is not cool, man. Don't do this shit. And so then I was like, I had a cry, like a existential crisis. I was like, fuck, man. (laughs) Am I going to ruin everything? But then I, but then thank God I did it because it did. I, without doing that, Hollywood's a weird place where they have to, someone has to open the door for you. You have to be allowed to come into the room. You know what I mean? Like they have to go like, okay. And now you can be in movies. Yeah. Go. And without doing workaholics and kind of being a little breakout character in that series, without or sorry, uh, Pitch Perfect, without doing that, I wouldn't have been able to go on and and do the other movies that I've been able to do with a larger leading roles. It is Hollywood. Hollywood is weird like that. I yeah. remember. I remember my whole career being like, I just want to sell something. I want to sell it. Like I want to go in the room and sell something. And I, I sold sitcoms when I was younger. Like my first two years, I. I was in development deals and, and then had a TV show, had another TV show. And then I got put on like time out and I could not sell anything. And then all of a sudden something happens and you go into rooms and sell things on accident. And you're like, you're like, Oh fuck. Like I, yeah. I, I just attached myself to something. Do I want to do this? This podcast is brought to you by Hims. Take a look at this. Take a look at this hair. You see this hair? Yeah. You know, when I was a kid, I was 22 years old, I started losing my hair and I stopped it in its tracks. I did something about that. And if you are one of the 66% of men that start losing their age by their hair by the age of 35, you can stop it too. It starts moving backwards. You see in a bald spot, preventing hair loss is the thing to do. A lot of guys uh, turn to weird solutions. They like snake oil pills and gas station remedies. remedies. When you can turn to medicine and science. Or hims is one-stop shop for hair loss, skincare, and sexual wellness, all for men. It's time to write a new chapter in your life. That chapter starts with hair. <laughs> Thanks to science, baldness is now optional. Like I said, hims is letting dudes be the best version of themselves. 
themselves with licensed medical professionals and FDA approved products to help treat hair loss. Prescription solutions backed by science. I love this company because it was created by a dude who knows a lot of dudes don't like having going to the doctor. They'd rather have a health conversation online than in person. So now you don't have to wait in those awkward in-person doctor long lines at the pharmacy or doctor visits. For hims connects you with licensed medical professionals online, which could save you hours. Completely discreet and confidential. Answer a few quick questions. Medical professionals going to review it. They'll determine if it's right for you. And if it is, they're going to prescribe you the medication that can treat your hair loss that is shipped directly and discreetly to your door. Today, Hims has given you their best offer yet. If you are not happy with your results after 90 days, Hims will give you a full right refund. And right now, my listeners can get their first visit absolutely for free. Go to forhims.com slash BertCast. That's forhims.com slash BertCast. Disclaimer. Prescriptions require an online consultation with a healthcare provider will determine if a prescription is appropriate. Restrictions apply. See website for full details and important safety information. Remember, that's 4hims.com slash birdcast. I'd like to give a shout out to today's sponsor, Whoop. A lot of us are trying to get back at it to work on our fitness and our health, and there are a lot of challenges for us trying to make that happen right now. Some people are able to work out with personal trainers like my wife, but not everyone, not, but to be honest with you, not everyone can afford it. Not everyone is comfortable with it. Whoop is the most powerful fitness membership there is, and they're here to help you with that. Whoop is a fitness tracker that literally is like having a personal trainer on your wrist for less than a dollar a day. It's one of the only fitness wearables that helps quantify how well I'm performing, sleeping, and recovering. I use it to track key metrics like my heart rate variability, resting heart rate, respiratory heart rate, and my sleep. I all track that on a scale. It's a, this thing's amazing. It's really like having a personal trainer that knows so much about me because when you wake up, you get a recovery score that lets you know how, you're, how your body's ready to perform that day. Or if it needs rest, which mine usually needs a little more rest. You get a target exertion goal to aim for based on your recovery so you know how hard your workout should be. And based on how intense your day is, it then lets you know how much sleep your body's going to need to recover. Whoop is the best fitness tracker I have ever used. One of the best memberships I've ever seen. For just $30 a month, you get personalized insights. 24-7. They are with you every moment of your day that quantify the data to help you better understand your body on a deeper level. Whoop goes beyond just tracking calories and heart rate. Monitor sleep, strain, and recovery with personalized feedback all in real time within their app. It is the biggest reason I recommend it to anyone trying to get in shape or just trying to build healthier habits and lifestyles in general. For all my listeners right now, Whoop is offering 15% off all memberships. Give Whoop a shot. And if it's not for you, they're going to get, they offer you a 30-day return policy, no questions asked. Head over to Whoop.com, that's W-H-O-O-P.com, and enter BERT, B-E-R-T, at checkout to save 15% off. Join Whoop today. Sleep better, recover faster, and train smarter. Yeah, Pitch Perfect was so good because this, you, also, you got attached to the person I think is one of the most fucking hilarious human beings alive is fucking rebel wilson yeah rebel's so funny and by the and way i've actually known rebel for hot. so long oh yeah and she's she a bitch when she was overweight she was hot like i was yeah. attracted to her overweight she's skinny as shit now but like fucking she was in night of the museum when she wore two or whatever which one she was in mm-hmm. she's got gorgeous yeah she's very pretty. I, mean, I, know, I know she's overweight but but i didn't i was like and you you were doing scenes with her yeah well, uh, well, the cool thing is, is like talking about like how specifically comedians 
come up in like graduating classes, Rebel was on Workaholics, if you remember. She was in the um, Juggalo episode, season one. We did a scene, uh, uh, an episode where we go to a Juggalo's like Dark Carnival of the Souls, like their big concert. Yeah. And we go there and I end up befriending her and I'm like kind of disgusted by uh, Rebel's character named Big Money Hustler. And uh, and then we end up making out and I, I paint myself like a juggalo and I'm drinking Fago and I'm doing the whole fucking thing. <laughs> and uh, and we actually knew Rebel pretty early on. Our casting director was like, there's this girl from Australia. We think you'd really like her. And Jillian, uh, when we were writing the show, we wrote the character Jillian for our friend Jillian Bell. But she just booked uh, SNL to write on SNL that same year, of course. And we're like, well, fuck, are we going to lose Jillian to SNL? And so we were thinking, oh, we might pivot and give it to this girl that we just met who's really funny, Rebel. And then it worked out that Jillian could actually do it. And we gave it to Jillian. And then we found a role for Rebel later in the season. And then so when I did Pitch Perfect, I already knew her and was like, oh, this is great. Like, I already know her. She knows me. We get along. This this will be fun. We're good at improving together. So, the um, the fucking movie you guys made was funny as fucking shit. Oh, isn't it romantic? Is that the one on Netflix? Yeah. The fucking yeah. that is the funniest goddamn movie. Yeah, thanks. That was a uh, that was yeah, that was so fun. We got to shoot that also in New York, and the whole premise of the movie is like we're sort of stuck in a rom com world, and. No, 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 no. Oh, that was, first of all, yes, that was awesome. That oh. one's awesome. I'm talking about the movie that Workaholic shot. Oh, the Game Over Man. Oh, Game Over Man. By the yeah. way, hold on. Yes, the, the, first of all, I'm obsessed with uh, any sort of time travel, time loop yeah, thing. Me too. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think I told you that. I'm obsessed with that. So yeah. I love that movie. I love that movie. But I was yeah. talking about uh, it, Game Over Man was fucking hilarious. Oh, thanks, dude. Yeah, that was... Uh... Yeah, that movie was so fucking insane. I, I'm they like we did it, and it was a hit for Netflix, and they, it was like number one in 120 countries or whatever, you know. And they were like, "Oh, this is great," and then they were like, "But uh, we're not making movies like this anymore." It like <laughs> they got so much hate. Like the executives, they were to told me they're like, "Oh, everyone called us and we're like." how are you making movies like this? Cause it was so violent and so insane and a dog exploded and my dick's out for minutes at a time. And, uh, so we like, Dur we doesn't Durs come out as gay or no, no Blake, Blake, Blake does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was one of those things. It's like one of those things where, where you're just like, hold on. <laughs> what is this? Did, it, did this character just come out as gay? Like this is the, it was, that was such a, Great fucking, and that's why I'm so excited for y'all's podcast because I don't think there's anything you guys haven't done as a team where I haven't been a hundred percent like dying laughing. Yeah, thanks, man. And doing the podcast is, is I I get why you guys all like I I kind of saw your whole crew and yeah. like doing all the podcasts and stuff, and I was like. I was like jealous. I was like, oh, they all get to just do this and hang out with their friends every week. And and not only is it super fun, but it also kind of just feeds the machine of also then people will listen, they'll like what you do, then they come to shows, then they, you know, and it all sort of works together. And, but I was like, what do I want to do a podcast by myself? And the guys kind of, because none of them are comedians. 
Like yeah. they, they don't do stand up, so it's like less beneficial for them. And it wasn't. It didn't take until the pandemic hit, and then they were like just sitting around, not doing shit. And they're like, "Okay, we'll finally do the podcast." And I was like, yeah. "Yes." That's yeah. That's uh. It's I, I. I'm telling you, man. Everything you guys have done has been like right in my wheelhouse for sense of humor. And it's funny you say that about us. Tom, Tom, and I are now trying to go your direction and take you know whatever we're trying to make movies now. And so, and so it's interesting how just how little we know about that shit, like yeah, just the process in general, we're, we had this uh, idea that well, we had a couple ideas that got kicked around and then all of a sudden, you know, different, uh, both of us, our specials did pretty well. And then all of a sudden like people are like, Hey man, what you want to make that? What we like, we, I was on a phone call with him the other day. I, neither of us had really understood how producers worked. Like we were like, sure. We're, we're like, do we get involved with a producer or a studio or like what? Like, cause we're getting these weird offers of like, which I'm sure, you know, is like probably not real, but, but could be real type things. Yeah. It's like, if you, if they get enough of the right people attached, then it becomes real. But yeah. it, initially it just isn't, it's just, yeah, it's, it's totally fake. Oh, I mean, do I, we're, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's been, it's been fascinating, but both Tom and I are now like trying to go like, what the fuck, what are we like? We're two grownups in this business. We're, we're successful. We don't like, but we're like, you definitely, want, you, you, how do you come to Hollywood and not make a movie? You know? For sure. Well, it's, uh, yeah, the movie game is completely different than, than, than comedy or podcasting or anything. What's so great. What I love so much about stand up and, uh, podcasting, I guess is because you you're a complete control yeah. you know like once you go on stage that's your stage for an hour you can do whatever you want if you fail it's because you failed you know what i mean <laughs> like yeah. you suck yeah. uh and but with movies there's so many goddamn moving parts and things can just one thing can it can happen and the whole thing will just collapse and i've had that multiple times where i'm like about to go shoot a big movie and then one person steps out and then the whole then the whole production just grinds to a halt and then we can't get the machine going again and you're like okay on to the next one that's why it's important to just have like 10 things that you're excited about and and then whichever one ends up going first that's what you end up doing you know did you have a bunch of shit fall out with the beginning of pandemic yeah well i was about to go shoot season 2 of the righteous gemstones by the way uh, another fucking amazing show yeah, thanks, man. I'm like, I was such a Danny McBride fan that I'm like, Are you kidding me? Yeah, he's just like the. I mean, he's like on my Mount Rushmore of the greatest. The greatest comedy scene ever. Greatest comedy scene ever, in my opinion, is. Uh, and I know this is a big statement, and I know this isn't going to fulfill it, but <laughs> the the end. This is the end. Uh huh. With uh, with all, all those guys, and yeah. Danny McBride wakes up in the tub, and the music yeah. playing. Uh. And he's pissing on the seat and he's smoking the ju- like that. That walk is just, it's everything I've ever wanted to do in comedy. Like, and that yeah. sounds silly, but it's th- that energy is like, you know, that character, you know, that guy, you know, that this is, I mean, it's just, he's amazing. Yeah. And, and Danny's also like one of those guys where they say like, don't meet your heroes, but then you meet Danny and he's actually even cooler than really? you would think he is. Well, he's like kind of what you we were saying earlier, where it's like, and I feel we both sort of fall in this, the, the same sort of realm uh, where it's like, you know, you know him as Danny McBride. 
as uh, as Kenny fucking Powers. You know what I mean? And and you're like, <laughs> yeah, you expect him to be. But he's like super put together. He's a super nice guy. I mean, he's like a machine. He writes every episode. He's like, you know, uh, and, and so like, but he is. He still has that twenty percent of Kenny fucking Powers in him that yeah. makes you fall out of the chair laughing. Uh, he is so and he's, funny. Yeah. So anyway, so I was I was uh, about to go do that. I was in Charleston. Uh, you know, had the whole uh, got everything set up, like rented it because I'm there for like four or six months when I shoot the show. So rented like a, a big awesome house. I was like got all situated, and then it was like first day of shooting, and then uh, got a call right before I'm about to leave the set, and they go, "Hey, uh, hang tight, um, hang tight." Yeah, and I'm like, okay. And then a few hours later, I'm watching the news, and fucking Trump comes on. He's like, "It's a global pandemic. Uh, I guess people are dying." You know, and I'm like, oh, shit. And then they call and they're like, yeah, I think we're going to uh, put a pin in this for a few weeks. And in three weeks, we'll uh, we'll gather the troops and find out what we're going to do and, and probably come back in about three weeks. I'm like, OK, three weeks fucking cut to eight months later and, and I'm talking with you. But uh, we're the plan is to go back for that in, in uh, February or March and hopefully get a shoot the second season of it. But, yeah, I had that. And then since then, it's been like. You know, I had two projects set up with Quibi, like two like Quibi movies that I was going to do like and one that I was really excited about that was like going to be it was like a dramatic action movie. And uh, and I'm and I'm like, oh, I'm going to be like kind of the straight man in an in an action movie. And I'm like, this is going to be fun. This is going to be a weird skill set to like flex to not pander a little bit and like try to get some laughs, you know, and uh, just be, you know, the straight guy. And then, you know, Quibi just straight up folds, just goes under. And I'm like, oh, uh, so, yeah, I've had a few things, but, you know, whatever. Yeah, whatever. It's They're all I mean, I, I've said to everyone, I'm, I feel very I feel so, so blessed that I'm in an opportunity where I don't you know, I've never been more appreciative of people. And I'm not not that I'm not normally appreciative, but like. Like just the, 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 yeah, like I had a toothache one night and I had to go to Rite Aid and the fact that Rite Aid was open and there was a young lady working behind the counter in a pandemic so that I could get medicine for my tooth. Like that for me, I was like, it's been, I've been very appreciative. And, and I also, I've looked at the, in the, the business differently now because, because you realize like, you know, we're doing these driving tours and um, look awesome by the way, oh, I, so I've been fun. God damn! I'm like so jealous of seeing you out there. I'm like, oh, that seems incredible. Oh, it's it's what's like it's. I'm telling you, me, you, and Danny McBride are the ones that could do stuff like this. <laughs> yeah, people show up, they tailgate, they fill up the back of their beds with water, or the bed yeah. of the truck. They have, they have mattresses, they have couches. People are grilling, people are smoking meats, they're cornholing, and 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 the best part is, and this is the part I'm more tethered to, is that because I'm a little OCD about uh, about the virus. Like I just. I, I work in absolutes. So if you say quarantine, then I say the one person that walks in my house is now the weakest link. If you want to quarantine, we have to work in absolutes. Like I'm, I'm, <laughs> sure. I'm a lunatic about it. Uh-huh. So, but so, so if for a person like me going to one of these drive-ins, you can hang out in your car and you don't have to get out. You can be safe. Yeah. And so, and so it allows you as much comfort and freedom as, as the next person's willing to offer you. It's, it's really, really, it was really great. But the, thing that overwhelmed me was the first night um and it didn't overwhelm me until philadelphia when we changed crews but 
the first night everyone came up independently that worked there that worked on the production because we had a, like 12 people on production i think at all time mm-hmm. came up and thanked me for the job they were like you know we've been really financially stressed and for i sure uh, this means a lot man i will i will not break the rules of protocol i will not do any of this to, well everyone followed rules they were like we need the money and then you yep. would go to philly and the philly production was massive i want to say there was like four thousand people there and wow so, so the the stage was there it was a live nation event it was huge and every one of those fucking dudes who works for you know whatever the spectrum of this the stadium there yeah it's all working setting up the stage all these guys that have been doing bon jo- john bon jovi concerts at once he like doing all these big events every one of them was like bert don't know me bert thanks for the work buddy and you're just like oh that's the responsibility is helping get people you know like it, it, it my my appreciation has shifted a, a great deal. I feel like you, I, I feel like I want to, I want to ask you about the cement truck, but I feel like when you go through something like that, I wonder if at a young age, all of a sudden you, your appreciation shifts into just mobility and, and stuff like that. Like, what was that like when you got hit by a cement truck? Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, for people that don't know, I was when I was 11 years old, I was going to a convenience store with my friends to, you know, buy candy and we would rip pages out of like Playboy magazines, you know. And and we we were going across the street. It's a busy busy intersection. No no In Omaha, bar, right? In Omaha, Nebraska, where I'm from, and my one friend was across the street already and he else come on as in I'm a kid excited to see some nipples in this magazine and eat some suckers and uh, some nerd ropes. And he yells, come on. And I took it as the coast is clear. And I grew up in the suburbs. So there was new houses being built every day. So three cement trucks. Yeah, I think three cement trucks are going up the hill and two were coming down at the exact same time. So and then so three were going up, two were coming down. He yells, come on right as the third one passed me. And so I walked out with my bike, got clobbered by the other cement truck coming down the hill, didn't see it, taken under the wheels, spit out, broke every bone from my waist down besides my right femur, um, broke my ribs, punctured my lung, mess. Couldn't walk for almost two years. And uh, yeah, and that, that to me, as weird as it is to say, I got... Because I like, I was like a little. I mean, I I wasn't like a freak athlete or anything, but I liked to play sports when I was a kid. And as a lot of little kids, you think you're going to be a professional athlete. Like I'm like, well, I'm going to be a professional baseball player. It is what it is. Uh, I made the all star team in fourth grade, so I'm well on my way. And then, and then you know, it, all of a sudden everything shifted, and I was like, oh, I'll never be an athlete. Not like that. Like, uh, and you know, I'm, it's going to be a long road to even learn how to walk again, but I was always a pretty funny kid. So I started, then I started like kind of gearing myself towards comedy and like actually like looking at comedians as, as how I used to look at baseball players where I was like, Oh, that's a thing I can do if I, if I practice and learn the moves sort of, you know, uh, did it it hurt? I mean, that's a silly question, but do you remember? Yeah, Bert. No, but did it, no, but, no, but like, do you remember, can you quantify the pain you were in at that age or do you, is it, or do you just go into shock? Yeah, I, I was shocked. And then I was also on like a lot of pain meds, but yeah, it, it hurt a lot. Uh, 
you know, and I think I'm always in like a certain amount of pain, but I don't, uh, I don't even know what it would feel like to f- not feel that. So I don't know, you know, it's just sort of what I live with now because my knees are still fucked up and, you know, I'm still, oh, shit's it, still wonky. You, didn't you say it shattered? It shattered. It almost shattered everything below your knees. Before below the knees, it was completely shattered, and they had to reconstruct my shins and ankles and feet and toes and all that. And uh, yeah, it was a, it was a, I was a real real mess. But it, to what you were saying, as far as um, as I'm, I also feel like very blessed that. Uh, at that age, I was, it was able to see like how fragile life is and how you have to go full steam ahead on no matter what you're doing and just go a hundred percent at, at what you want to get out of life, whether that be, you know, a relationship with your friends or with the, the woman that you love or with your career or, you know, I'm like, there's no half ass in it anymore because I'm like, I could fucking a truck could just turn a corner and, and crush me at any second. So, yeah. So, you know, not to get too heavy, but I think like there is a part of me that feels that, uh, that it could end at any moment. So I might as well just go do it as, as big as I can. God, man, I, I can't imagine. <clears throat> I mean, I, you know, I, I, it's funny. I, I guess we all have our own things where you go, well, that happened to me, but uh, you know, I, you get through it, you know, oddly enough, I'm, I'm, I'm you're probably not, scared of doctors and surgeries. You're like, Oh, that's part of my life. I had surgeries all growing up to repair everything. Yeah. So more surgery. You remember your last surgery? Yeah. I busted my knee actually shooting a, was that the last one? I think it was. Yeah. I think my last surgery was, uh, I was shooting workaholics and it was a, a basketball scene where like we were doing the, an office three-on-three basketball tournament, you know, and uh, it was towards the end of the series when we were running out of ideas. And we're like, it's a basketball tournament. I don't know. This is season seven. I don't know. Uh, but uh, I went, I wasn't even on screen and I went to grab a ball and like it bounced uh, off out of frame and I went to grab it and I turned too quickly and my knee just exploded. And I tore my ACL, my MCL, my meniscus. It was just mangled. And uh, it was just so disappointing. But I actually went to went there. We rewrote the episode. Uh, I was on the phone with our, our, our showrunner uh, as I'm going to the hospital, pitching ideas to how to, to fix the episode because we still had three more days of shooting on this episode. And um, we came up with an idea that I actually uh, – was uh, drinking too much. Caffe- I was like, t- oh, I was taking uh, Mexican steroids and I ended up having a heart attack and now I can't move for the rest of the, and they had to you know, bring in a ringer. And so we got, uh, 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 what, what was his name? It, it some like, and one basketball player that I'm totally blanking on his name. Professor. It wasn't the professor. It was like sp- spider or skipped my loo or. I was, oh, my, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, but it was like a, a famous uh, and one basketball player, and then he came in as like my uh, as my double or whatever, and uh, yeah, and so we quickly rewrote that episode. But that was that was my last surgery. It uh, yeah, I'm not worried about surgeries at all. There's like, Terrible. I think I think going through something like that at at such an early age did uh, make me uh, 
less fearful of shit. You know what I mean? You know how, like, especially when you're younger, you can just be so, and anyone that's like coming up in, in, in comedy, it's really easy to just not do something because you're scared. And then you end up talking yourself as if that was a, you made the right decision, but oh, yeah. you're just being a bitch, you know, you're like, uh, like <laughs> you shouldn't go talk to that person. Cause uh, it wouldn't be appropriate or whatever, but it's, yeah. it's always fine. Everybody. Don't get on the treadmill at the hotel. You might have a heart attack. No one's in there to save you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You better not. <laughs> you better just stay at the bar. This podcast is brought to you by DHM Detox. I should say this tour, my, my whole last tour and this past week was brought to you by DHM Detox. DHM Detox is here to help maximize your life moments. My wife's in here. Last night, we, we celebrated uh, building out the new man cave and podcast studio we split a bottle of champagne and of course uh, we split a bottle of champagne and of course i took my dhm detox it's like my little drinking buddy you take two capsules after your first drink and it goes to work double double it up if you have a bigger night and we took these every night on the road every night on the road everyone would just pass around and be like this is my buddy no more sunday scaries or feeling like garbage all you got to do take those two capsules after your first drink and bam Join the tens of thousand people that are using DHM Detox as their drinking buddy as we were on tour. It is the vitamins for people who like to enjoy their drinks. DHM Detox uses science to help boost your body's natural response to alcohol and break down those toxins. They're easy to share with friends and family. Also, they just launched their new hydration replenisher, which pairs perfectly with DHM Detox. No Days Wasted offers a first, a risk-free purchase. So if you don't love it, They'll refund your first box. We've got you right now. 20% off your first order and free shipping in the U.S. Just head over to nodayswasted.co slash Bert and use a promo code Bert at checkout. That's nodayswasted.co slash Bert and use the promo code Bert at checkout. This podcast is brought to you by harrys.com. Let me tell you something. I use I use a razor. I like to keep my, my shit tight, but I'm very specific about where I shave. I shave right in this area, right here, right under here, all here. And you need a, a very specific, sharp, kind of detailed razor. You can't just use those bullshit ones. And that's why I love Harry's razors. They're close shaved, smooth glide. And the best is for a guy that doesn't need it to shave his whole face and doesn't want to spend a ton of money. They're super low prices. Right now, U.S. customers can redeem a Harry's trial set by going to harrys.com slash Bert. You'll get everything you need for just $3. These are an honest valued razor. Harry's founded by two friends, Jeff and Andy, who were tired of overpaying for razors like my dad. My dad, that's his biggest pet peeve. They thought most brands were overdesigned, overpriced, and out of touch. So they founded Harry's as a return to the essential quality blade at an honest price, price as low as $2 per refill. Harry's founders wanted to sell products they were proud of. So they raised a bunch of money to buy a razor factory in Germany. And they've been honing precision blades for over a hundred who have been honing precision Jeff and Andy didn't haven't been doing this for years. <laughs> they sourced their steel from Sweden and own the entire manufacturing process from research and design to the factory floor. That allows them to keep the prices super low and they're delivering the best, sharpest shaves and they aren't even raising the price. Their new blades are so sharp that guys are shaving four times a week with Harry's new blades and their eighth shave was just as smooth as their first shave. They confidently stand by their blades with a 100% money-back guarantee at harrys.com. Right now, 
Harry's is available anywhere you shop. It really is. I see it over at the store where I get my prescriptions at. I don't want to say the name of the store because I'm certain that's probably a bad thing. Anyway, Harry's has a great offer for my listeners. New U.S. customers can redeem a Harry's trial set at harrys.com slash Burt for just $3. You get a five-blade razor featuring their new sharper blades and an ergonomic weighted handle, foam shaving gel with aloe, and a travel cover to protect your blade when you're on the go. Just go to harrys.com slash Burt and redeem your trial offer today. I am having problems with my knee right now. I've been trying to run a, a thousand miles this year. And all of a sudden, yesterday, my my knee started hurting and it's like very specific. And I'm like, Ooh, I think that's like a meniscus thing. Uh, yeah. And I'm, so I'm like, I'm taking today off from running. I'm just going to take a Xanax and go to sleep. Yeah. The meniscus is a thing that like, you don't really, it, 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 I mean, you don't really need it unless it really, really hurts to where yeah. you can't do something that a lot of times though. Cause I, I have my meniscus are all fucked up. And they, yeah. they go like, look, we can go in and try to fix it uh, or just no, just don't unless it, unless it hurts you too much and you can't get it fixed. But that's incredible. It, yeah, you really do. You're so impressive when it comes to I see you on your Instagram stories and how you just like will run a marathon and like uh. just even watching you on that treadmill that hurts my knees. <laughs> just Dude. I'm like how do you fucking do that? My, uh, I couldn't, couldn't imagine. I'm punitive. I'm very punitive. I'm not that, which is not great for parenting. The, um, <laughs> the, did you, did you, did you go to like the St. Jude's or the Shriners? No, uh, I was at children's, uh, children's miracle network and then, uh, children's hospital of, of Omaha. And that's where I kind of spent most of my time and, uh, and Memorial hospital in Omaha. The, uh, I love the relationship you have with your dad. I love, yeah, I, I was, I, I, nothing's made me happier than when you were doing the MTV movie, movie awards or music uh-huh. movie awards and you were flying in a private jet with your dad and your dad was like, me and Segura were talking about it last night. We had dinner together and we were, we were talking, we brought you and your dad up and then we ended up talking about our dads and like how you, how a dad gets to celebrate your success. Like he gets to succeed through your success in a weird way. I know. And my dad also like, I mean, he's such a funny guy and, but you know, in his generation, there was no moving. There was no following your dreams by moving to LA, you know? And so like when I started to do this to, to both of my parents credit, they like were about also, I think their child was almost killed. So are you the only child? No, I have a, I have a sister. sister. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I, I think I met her. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, you're their only child. Their, their oldest child was almost killed. Yeah. After, so then after that, when I was like, I think I want to move to LA and, and try to do acting and, and comedy. They, to their credit, they're like, hell yeah, get it. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. And so, so they were like, and I had friends, you know, that especially when I was coming up when I was younger, that they're like, uh, my parents, they hate what I'm trying to do or they're not supportive at all. And I'm like, oh, I'm so lucky when it comes to shit like that. Cause my parents are like, hell yeah. Like I remember my dad, like was, I booked a Taco Bell commercial was like my first thing that when I went home, I remember going home for, uh, Thanksgiving, uh, uh, and I was in a, a bar, just a shitty local bar called, I think it was called the pheasant tavern. And there's 
televisions around the entire bar, you know, Omaha, all we have to do is watch uh, football. And uh, my, the, the, it's just a close up on my face is the, as the beginning of the commercial. And uh, my dad's like, shut up, shut up, everybody. Adam's on the TV. And then my dad gets the whole bar of like 200 people to chant Adam. Oh, what a, Fun yeah. fucking dad. Yeah, just like thanks, like the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, and then we all stumbled into Thanksgiving the next day, just with our heads all swollen and and, and like shaking while we're eating turkey because we we're so hungover from the night before. Those are the memories that I, I cherish. I remember. I I vividly remember. I don't know if it was on Instagram or what, but your dad in the private jet drinking Bud Lights or something with you, yeah. just going, yeah, like like oh. really lo- loving loving life. It, how do you how do you not appreciate a man that goes? This is it. It it, it happened. Yeah, yeah. He, uh, yeah. They're. I mean, they're both really stoked, obviously, on everything that's happened. But uh, specifically that night, I'm so embarrassed by it. But not not yeah, really. Yeah, because yeah. I still do. But uh, we, I, I hosted the MTV Movie and TV Awards uh, like two or three years ago now. Two years. I don't know. And I. Uh, um, they gave me a private jet because I was shooting Game Over Man and I had to be back in Vancouver the next day to shoot. And so they're like, we'll give you a private jet. And then they're like, no, we can give you a, uh, the smallest we could give you is a eight person. And then the largest is an uh, 18 person private jet. And I go, oh, I think I'll need the 18 person private jet. <laughs> and then and then it's just me and 17 of my family and friends flying to Vancouver. None of them had to be there to shoot the next day, but I think Blake was there. Uh, <laughs> they didn't have to be in the jet, but everyone just flew to Vancouver. And then like a day later, just took a commercial flight and went back to LA, <laughs> like just a party on this private jet. But it was, I just hosted the the movie award. So like everybody's on my, my Instagram. So I'm getting like uh, almost a million people watching my Instagram stories. You know how you can see like how many people. And so it's like a million people. And throughout the night, I'm like, we go to the after party and Steve Aoki puts me on the shoulder and I'm caking someone and I'm like filming myself the whole time, selfie style. And then I get on the jet with my family and the whole time I just get, I'm like slurry drunk and I'm going like, "Uh oh, looks like they give me the private jet. And then I keep saying, I keep saying it is what oops, it is what it is. And I'm like, who am I, man? It is what it is. What does that even mean? And and I'm like, this is what it is. Oh, here we go. And then we get on this private jet. And I remember that poor um, stewardess was like, a uh, flight attendant. We were like, I'm sure you probably get a lot of this. You know, people get on private jet and, and uh, wiling out and acting crazy. And she goes, this is hands down the wildest uh, <laughs> flight I've ever taken. <laughs> She goes, usually it's just businessmen doing work. Uh, it's never this. We were like, oh. they didn't even tell us to like buckle up when we landed just because we were too wild. I think they were just like, they're not going to just land the plane. That's the way private jets should be. Like, yeah. like I've, I've flown, I've flown private a couple of times and uh, it's the coolest. I, I still, I mean, every time that it's ever happened to me, every time I'm like, oh. yeah, I'm, I'm overwhelmed. It's, it's very different when you pay for it, like when you pay for it yourself, which I've done, I've done maybe like four, four times. Mm-hmm. You, I always get this feeling like, why aren't more people with me? I'm by myself. This is, this 
but it's always for work. It's always like, uh, like every time, not to just, I feel like I have to justify the fact that I flown private, but, but like I had to sell tickets in Cleveland so, and I need to get to there to do Rover in the morning. That yeah. will make more money than this jet will cost. Yeah. Uh, I've got to get home to do the two bear one cave live event. I need to get back on the, like, I, I, I always want to pack it up with people. I always want to do what you did. And I never, the only time I've ever gotten that we were on the road, we were in Salt Lake city and, uh, I think we were in Salt Lake city and we did two shows. And I just said to the, I said to, I was like, how much does it cost to fly private home? And they're like, smallest plane. I was like, smallest plane. Just yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, and they're like, I think it was like, well, I want to say it was like seven grand. It wasn't even that much considering, you know, that I had a whole crew with me and I just, I surprised everyone. And it was like, that's awesome. Yeah. You know, I was like, come on guys. We all had the same track suits on. I shot a video for it. it was oh, like, I think I saw that. Yeah. yeah. And so, um, yeah, every time I think of every time I get on a private jet, I think of you and your family on that jet going. That's how it's supposed to be done. Well, it's also uh, when you're. I feel like if I were to pay for it, I might not have been as wild as we were because then you're thinking like, well, don't jump on the seat. Well, I have to pay for the new seats. <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, there's champagne everywhere. Uh, I'm gonna have to. It'll be like a thousand dollar cleaning bill if we get it all over. You know. <laughs> But this time we were just, we were fully out of our minds. And the fact that I then the next day had to shoot, uh, you know, I had to shoot all night. It was like a whole night shoot the next uh, day for, for a game over, man. And you see it in my face too. And like the, some of the, some of those scenes where I'm like, I knew that it was the next day I look back and I'm like, oh yeah, I'm looking a little poofy in the, in the gills. Yeah. Like this, this part stretched out a little bit. <laughs> What, uh, what, let's talk sneakers for a second. Okay. Cause you're the person that kind of got me into sneakers. I had never been into a sneaker store. I'd never given a fuck about sneakers in my entire life. <laughs> and then we were in whatchamacallit and you, you were like, Oh, there's this great sneaker shop. And I remember walking in with you and I bought, where were we in, uh, you, we were in, in so, somewhere like Southern California, somewhere in Southern California, meaning like lower than here, maybe. Huntington Beach or something, and you were with your, okay. your girlfriend, I think, at the time, and uh, and I was shooting trip flip. I, we were shooting, we were casting. Oh, that's right. And ran into my whole crew lit up. They're like, "Hey, we're gonna get a season three. We just saw Adam." And yeah. so, how weird! I forgot all about that. Uh, yeah, I was uh, like, once again, I'm just like out in the wild, and I see, I see you just out and about, like not even because you know it makes sense when you're like a comedian and you're in town and then and there's another comedian at the yeah. club down the street in town but just to like see you out and about was a uh, was it was a, a good sign and you went you went to that sneak you were going to a sneaker shop uh-huh and i i had never thought to buy sneakers ever in my life i just it wasn't something on my radar and you're like oh yeah come on in. and we, i walked in with you and they had a pair and i've looked for these cuz i want them i want the same pair but new uh -huh. um, there were these Adidas that were, re it was like kangaroo leather. It was like really fine leather, like really soft. And I, and they're like Stan Smith's, but they were like super soft. And I, I bought two pairs. I bought a pair for myself and a pair for my dad. Those were my first sneakers I ever bought. And now I have a fucking closet full of fucking sneakers. Oh, really? You went deep. I started going deep. And, and, and I was like, it's because of you. Had I not walked in that fucking place, I would have never gotten, because then you start, it's almost like, for me, it's like uh, sometimes I was talking to Burr about this, but we buy shit from our childhood, like uh, football. Yeah, you, like, yeah, you buy shit that you wish you could have bought when you were a kid is what I, is what I, I find. 
Yeah. And so I started buying, started buying sneakers of like that I, of sneakers I liked. I was like, Ooh, I love all oh, the fucking first Jordans. Oh yeah. shit. And then now I'm like, and then now you got closets full. I know I kind of maxed out like the amount of closet. I like built closets in my spare bedroom. So now when like my family comes to visit me and then they are sleeping in the spare, now there's just a wall of my tennis shoes that they have to look at. And so it's like, it's weird. Uh, I feel like I've tapped out on my, my sneaker because also I don't want to throw any of them away and none of them are yeah. dirty enough to be like, I got to just get rid of these. So I'm like, I, I, you know, what, what, what do you do at that point? Yeah, what, so, what are your favorite type? What's your favorite type of shoe sneaker? Well, you know what? I'm I'm I, I moved to the beach recently. I bought a house in Orange County, like on the beach. So uh yeah, so like my kind of my whole style is, has changed. Uh and I just sort of am shoeless <laughs> or I uh or or just vans. Like I just I like I have oh, so yeah. many vans. And vans are cool too because it's it's really obtainable. Like you know, sometimes when I when I was like d- deeper into uh, sneakers, I just uh, like I'm like, oh, why am I wearing like two hundred fifty dollar sneakers? You know, and then well, Vans are cool because they're fifty bucks. Everyone can get a pair of Vans for the most part, and they do have like every type of different. You can customize them and and do your own shit. So yeah, I, I have a lot of uh, Vans right now. I gotta get you a pair of my flip flops. I have a line of flip flops. Oh, I saw that. That's awesome. Yeah. The uh, and don't you have some like? Aren't they house shoes as well? Uh, house shoes and flip flops. Yeah. My house yeah, shoes were they. They just make a great house shoe, and they sent them to us when we started talking about doing a flip flop. And my wife fell in love with those house shoes, and I wore them when we did the cabin. I wore them every day doing the cabin, and I was like, these things fucking rock. And so then, as a surprise, they made us a line of house shoes and sent them to us. And we were like, let's just fucking do a small batch release. And, you know, because people will like them and everyone, I mean, I've sent them to everyone and, and fucking everyone loves them. That's awesome. I know since the quarantine hit, I'm like, I've up my sweatpant game. Oh. I've got my, my, my flip-flop games at an all-time high, my house shoes. I'm like, I'm just a comfortable little koala. Dude, my, I'll tell you what, the, I, my sweatpant game, is next fucking level. Like I have my pajama game, my my hoodie game. I bet I could match anyone hoodie for hoodie. I've got probably 40 hoodies that I keep on rotation. <laughs> I'm like, I'm obsessive. And 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 then people know I like hoodies. Oh, dude, I'll tell you, well, let's just be real. My fucking hat game, no one can hold a game. I'll, I would put my hat game up against any comics hat game. I, I have a, a I have a lot of hats and uh, I admittedly I'm jealous of your hat game. The fact that you actively were like, I'm going to be the triple um, A baseball team oh. or the minor league baseball team hat guy. As soon as I saw you, because I, you know, I when you're in these smaller towns and they have a, uh, you try to go to some of those games because they're the little or the. The team is the more fun their games are because they're like we have yeah. to do other shit to keep people entertained and it's awesome and uh so i've gotten a few hats over the years that i'm like oh the, this hat rules and then i saw you sort of stake the claim and you're like well this is my thing and now i'm <laughs> like well i now i can't also do that because no, i just, already did it no i just what it is i have a big head i have a size eight head <laughs> so like so so you you can't find hats that are that are, and what was happening was I would have hats like I would always have a Yankees hat because I performed in New York so I'd grab a Yankees hat I'd grab a Boston hat 
And what was happening was you'd wear a Boston hat in fucking LA and every jackass who grew up outside Boston was like, yo, you see the Sox score today? And I'm like, I'm not a Boston fan. Then why are you wearing the hat? And I'm like, oh, I have a big head. Yeah, you do have a big head. And you're like, oh, great. I didn't want to get into an interaction. Yeah. <laughs> so I started, I started, I started getting minor league teams just going like, hey, when I'm in your city, uh, someone grab me a hat. I'll pay for it. Someone grab me a hat. And then fans started bringing hats to the shows. And then minor league teams just started sending them like crazy. Well, what's cool is that, uh, something like that. It's like, if you know, you know. And if you don't know, you won't be like, yo, you see the score today. Yeah. And, you know. Because they won't even know what the fuck that slushy on your cap is, or whatever the fuck it is. Yeah, it's it's uh it's I I've I've really I have so many hats that my wife is kind of losing her mind about it because I have nowhere to put them, and hats are just it's fucking I uh, sweater. Well, those, are, those are good. I'd say those are good uh, collections to have, like hats and sneakers for the most part, because you can't get into like. Uh, for a second, I was like, well, maybe I want to be a watch guy. And then I, I have a, a handful of watches and I still like really like watches. But then I'm like, no, I'm not going to be this guy. What am I going to spend hundreds of thousands of dollars on watches? And then and then I, you know, don't work for a couple of years because X, Y, Z happens. And, and now I'm like just an asshole that has to sell my house. But I have all these fucking watches. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, Cars. I'm not trying to go under. I'm not trying to go under because of my watch collection or cars. Exactly. I'm not, I'm not, I don't have fancy taste. I always, I'm always curious to, you know, I was, I got into keychains recently. Yesterday I posted a thing about keychains. I lost both my keys. So I didn't have keychains on them. And then, you know, they're just a little pod. And so I lost both my keys and we found both my keys. So I put these big carabiners on it so I, I couldn't lose them. Then I said to everyone, Hey, just out of curiosity, text me pictures of your keychains on, on Twitter. And it was fucking fascinating to see what people have on their keychains. I think like, I saw some of that. Yeah. It's so fast. And then I started going, I wonder what celebrity keychains look like. Like, like, you know, you know, Jason Moa, is that his name? Jason Momoa. Yeah. Jason Momoa. You know, he's got like a big, long leather whip with, yeah. with fucking feathers off of it. Like, you connected know, the, like a Bowie knife or something. Yeah. Connected yeah. To a Bowie knife, just, it hangs down and drags on the ground. Yeah, he has a shield that it's connected <laughs> to that in order to get into his uh and you know he doesn't drive a normal car. It's it's some car you've never even heard of that was like a you know uh a some sort of uh like Peruvian military vehicle or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know Ashton Kutcher has some sort of multi-tool slash bottle opener on his because he's so Iowa. You know yeah. that he's like Bleh. Comes in handy, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Kutcher's thing, though, it, it would also be, like, weirdly high-tech because he invests in all those, like, tech companies. With the USB port. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's so like I a was, retina scanner to get into his car. Yeah, I'm, I, I, didn't, I didn't get... Uh, I got lucky about collecting things. I, didn't, I don't have a lot of things that I collect. I, you know what's funny? When I first met Joe, uh, I walked into his house and his in his office where we did the podcast was, like floor to ceiling boxes of shit people were sending him. And I was like, I was like, I was like, God, I remember thinking this sounds so weird. I go, if you could get there to that level of success, that I'd be happy. Just people yeah. sending me shit. And now I literally have nothing but boxes in this room. And I'm yeah. like, enough of the fucking boxes. I can't like people send you the weirdest shit where you're like fucking some people send you stuff where you're like, I wonder if I had that one thing. 
some people send you stuff like this guy sent me a a a surfboard carving kit, but it's miniature. So you can carve your own surfboard, but it's only this big. And I was like, that's a yeah. fucking brilliant <laughs> business plan. Because I was like, I've always wanted to shave a surfboard, but who wants to get all the fuck? You know, like I, I want to just surf it. with it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I want to take a stab at it, but I don't want to do the whole surfboard. Yeah, you don't. And then want if I like it, maybe I'll get into surfboard making. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. I I uh I will say that when Workaholics was full steam ahead, we got. I mean, I still my uh, fiance were we've been engaged a, a a little over a year now, and since the pandemic hit, we can't get married until like next year. But uh, she when we were just dating, she did not give a shit about my house. Like, you know, she's like, you need a plant. And I'm like, well, if you want to, and she's like, no, you didn't earn it yet. But as soon as I put a ring on it, suddenly I have like plants all over there's rugs, you know, that we're like, she's nesting into this house and she's just digging shit out of closets that I'm like, Oh, I put that there five years ago and like, haven't looked at it. And it's just like, Hey, do you need this? Uh, you have a box of 15 fleshlights. <laughs> and I'm like, do I? <laughs> Don't throw those away. Yeah, I'm like, I need those. I need those. So now like I have a box of uh like boxes of like re-gifts of things that like either like fleshlights where I'm like, it's you know, someone yeah. might want these, but it's like weird. It's like alien vagina, you know. It's like uh, I fucked that. I fucked that. Yeah. All right. The blue, well, one? I, the blue one? Yeah, the green one, and I'm gonna <laughs> give it to you. <laughs> Guess what? You got a you got a little Christmas gift, a, a a belated birthday gift coming your way. We ran into the flashlight people in Montreal one year, and we, like with a bunch of comics, and they're like, and we're all sitting around, and we're I said, so what do you guys do? And they go, we uh we own a company called Flashlight, and man, every comic perked up like, hey, uh, you got to send any free products out? Yeah. <laughs> Admittedly, I did. I tried. It's it is it's it's too big of a thing. Have you ever? The you know what you guys need to get involved in, <laughs> you guys, uh, is tanga eggs. Oh, you yeah. messed with a tanga egg. Okay, oh, I, fucked, I fucked everything there is. It, okay, okay, yeah. good. You fucked the, a tanga egg. The first one I got, the first, the first time I, because Joe was always like, you got to try them, man. They're pretty fucking amazing. The flashlights, and I was in Miami, and I went over. Uh, I was gonna go eat lunch, and I saw a sex store, and I was like, oh, I'm gonna get a fucking flashlight. So I walked in, and I was like, hey, do you guys have like a Flashlight? Is that like a thing? And he goes, "We got fucking a can." And I was like, "I'll take it." Yeah. <laughs> and it was a cool beer can. You go into like a sex stores, and it's, uh, at least for me, I'm always like a little like, uh, yeah, you know, like you're kind of as if it's a joke or you're yeah. like it's a prank that you're gonna. And then those people have are just so jaded and they've seen everything and they're like, "Yeah, I got fucking a can." Yeah. yeah. You, you want to fuck a can? I guess. All right. I, I guess I want to fuck a can. He goes, you want lube? I was like, no, I want to rape it. Yeah, of course <laughs> I want You kidding yeah. me? Yeah. And I came home and it wasn't even a vagina. It was just a dude's mouth. It looked like a dude's mouth. It was just like this, like lips. Like <laughs> he, he was looking at me like, don't do it, dude. Don't do it. Please don't do it. Please, please, please don't do it. Please don't. <laughs> this is just a can. Respect the sanctity of this aluminum. Every time I walked into the fucking uh, apartment, the uh, hotel room, you could just see it sitting there like, hey, had a good day, man. You should go back out. Keep Don't don't hang out in here. You know what's going to happen. Yeah. And you oh. know, you know that there's a, like a housekeeper that came in and just saw that and was just like, ugh. Oh, God, <laughs> he must be lonely if he's talking to a beer can. Yeah. <laughs> 
if he's making out with this beer can. Oh, well, man, this has been great, bro. I'm congrats on the podcast. Thanks. Congrats man. on yeah. everything. I, I really, I honestly can say everything you do. I make, makes me giggle. Everything you do. I, you have not had a project yet that I fucking wanted to pass on. So I keep making shit. Cause you guys are so in that lane and I, I'm certain the pod, I can't wait to listen to the podcast. Yeah. Well, thanks man. And, uh, I appreciate, I'm such a fan of, of you and I'm, uh, you know, I'm excited to, uh, to see that movie that you and Tom are going to get off the ground. I know you are. Well, we'll that's interesting. Get off the ground. It's called fat astronauts. So we'll <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hope, hopefully you launch soon. Well, dude, congrats. Listen, we're building a podcast studio. And when things loosen up with restrictions, I would love to have you in there. Have a drink. Oh, hell yeah. No, that'd be a blast. Please. Yes, please. It's, it's, it, you know, let me be the first one in the gate. I'd love hey, to. Done, done, oh. done, done. Hey, awesome, congrats. Buddy. Congrats on the engagement. Uh, congrats on everything, bro. I absolutely love you. And it, and it's so good to see you blow up and succeed this way and just stay exactly who the fuck you are. Like it's, you're, you're doing Hollywood, right? You really are. Thanks man. You too. I, yeah. yeah. And I, I feel the exact same way. Awesome, man. Well, I'll talk to you later. I'll keep, Hey, I don't have your number, but I'll, I'm going to have my, my people send over. I don't think I have your number. Do I have your number? I think, I think you do. I think I've sent you some very drunk text yeah, yeah, messages. Yeah. Uh, I do yeah. I do have your number. I do. Oh, I do. Oh, that was a good one. I forget what you said, but you said, keep on, keep it on brother, whatever. Dude, it was like, I don't know. I remember like the next day I woke up and I had texted a few people. I was like blackout drunk. Yeah. There's a bar down the street of my house in Orange County. It's like a local beach bar. And it just, they pour drinks to the brim with like, and, and you're just like, oh, this is poison. Nice. You need to have three. Uh, and, and I always, up, I always just start drunk texting people. And then I'll look and, and it's just like all people that I like, like and respect, but then drunkenly will text them positive <laughs> things. But for yeah. sure, they're like, oh, this guy has no recollection of, te- of texting you that. And uh, I felt that way when I, the next day I looked at, at that text and was like, Jesus Christ, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> God, get it together, buddy. Oh, I got to, I got, I got such bragging rights because I was sitting watching a movie with my girls that night and my phone was over there and it buzzed and your name popped up. And Georgia goes, is that, is that bumper? And I went, oh yeah. Yeah. And she goes, shut up. You know him. Yeah. I was like, what did yeah. he say? And you're like, honestly, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> honestly, I don't know if this is a voice to text uh, total fuck up or what's happening over there. If he's just stroking out, but. <laughs> oh, awesome. awesome well, I can't wait to listen to your podcast. Take care. And I'll All talk right. to you later. Stay All safe. Right. Later, bud. See you. Later, man. Bud. Bye. This episode was brought to you by The Machine.